in the midst of being beaten down, accused, and things get hard, there is treasure in the darkness. If you're going through an adoption, you're like, this is so dark. Maybe you've said yes to a child that the parents are involved in drugs. Maybe a parent is in jail. Maybe there's just some darkness that the family has chosen that now you're involved with. Or maybe it's just darkness all around. Like you're not gonna win. Everything you're trying to prove or everything you're trying to do to pull this child into a safe place is not working. I will tell you that if you open your eyes, I really believe this. There are treasures to be seen. Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon, and today I'm here with Noah. Hey, Noah. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. I think we look really tired. Well, that's what happens when you have four kids. That's, <laughs> that is so, so true. So many of you have gone on the adoption journey with us as far as you followed our story when we were adopting. We followed your story when you were adopting. And our families have grown. It's so amazing when someone writes to me and says, like, I'm in the process, the very beginning. And then later on, we see them with two kids, three kids, or then they do embryo adoption. I mean, it's so cool. The adoption journey is filled with so many different things, but I really feel so honored to be a part of so many people's stories. I totally agree. And in this season, it's been amazing to see, even through the ups and downs, our Listeners have consistently stayed involved. We still get messages. We still get calls. We still get people telling us what's happening, asking us to share their story. I've, I've just been blown away by how much information and how many people have continued to remain with us. I agree. You know, this is the last show of season five, and we thought we were headed right into season six, and a lot has happened. And you have followed our journey really through the last 10 months. We had someone approach us and want to partner, help us with the website, and things went horribly wrong. I can't tell you all the details. One day I will, and I'll probably do a show on what not to do in your nonprofit. Hey, <laughs> I don't know why we always have to make those mistakes first, but we really trusted this company. And ultimately, we are just trusting people. When somebody comes to you and says, I want to help you, you have no idea that they could have ulterior motives. And so in this case, we actually are headed uh, to court. So the whole thing is kind of blown up in our face. And that's why you don't see a website on adoptionnow.com. You can go to adoptionnowpodcast.com. You can reach out to us there. You can listen to the episodes there, but obviously it's not as big and full as we wanted it to be. And so we're kind of taking a step back and going, okay, what do we have to do with adoption now? And we're faced with some challenging things. And, you know, we're, we have been in this place before. It just looked different right? We've been in a place in adoption where we're like, what is happening? How can this be? This is not right. This is unfair. And ultimately God always shows up. So we believe in this time that something amazing is going to come out of it. it might not look like what we thought, but we believe that we had good intentions a hundred percent and God will redeem that. This is a, a time where we are looking back and it's easy to say it when you look back on a story and go, oh yeah, I remember how hard that was. And we kind of laugh at each other. <laughs> going, Man, we, we thought this was the end. Like this is never going to happen again. And I am in a place, first of all, I'm kind of that cranky old man when it comes to things like social media and 
you know, I'm just, oh, I can't do Facebook. But it's been amazing to see the amount of support. And we really do feel the love and the support and the prayers that everybody has reached out to us with. And that really has carried us through this time. And we are excited to see what that next step is that God has for us. It's definitely difficult in this time. And I'm sure most of you know, when you go through a hard time, it's kind of exhausting when people come up to you and be like, oh, don't worry. God is so good. God is good. And he is good. But there's also the reality of what is happening right now. How are we feeling and dealing with those emotions, dealing with the pain, dealing with the reality of this is hard. And that's something that I think even in this last season continues to be an underlying theme of what adoption now is and whatever we do next will continue. We really believe that it's so important to make sure that whether it's our own kids, whether it's an adoptee, an adoptive parent, a biological parent, to allow people to feel, to allow them to process through their pain, through their story. And that is something that no matter what happens next, we're going to continue to do. I would say that this website situation has opened my eyes to another word that adoption is. So we have a blog called Adoption Is, and people have written in and said, adoption is love, adoption is hard, adoption is heartbreak. I mean, so many different things that it means to them. But for me in this season, adoption is vulnerability. And Mm. that means for Noah and I, to be honest, that, oh my goodness, this has been an uphill battle lately. But not only about that, that adoption represents vulnerable people. And I've seen that in this season, but I've seen it in every single season that when you're trying to conceive and you can't, all of a sudden you feel vulnerable. When you have gone through miscarriages, you feel vulnerable. When a child does not have a parent standing up for them, they are vulnerable. When we're working in this industry, there is a lot of vulnerable people involved, a lot of hurt people, a lot of brokenness, and that causes people to be attracted for the wrong reasons. And it is a huge, huge industry. We just had a story, and I'm so thankful that someone else reached out the story to me, but telling me about the politician in Arizona Arizona. who was trafficking women and basically selling the babies from the, the Marshall Islands. Yeah. And selling the babies. And of course, I always say if you're involved with that, you probably had no idea. I mean, looking at it, when you look down at it, you're like, of course, of course, you know, and it's messy and it's hard. And it's, it is really hard because I have some people saying, well, in adoption, you know, those children would be born into poverty. So wasn't it giving them a chance to have a family and bringing the mom out of a third world country is the Marshall Islands, a third world country. I don't know about that, but there's a lot of poverty. And so you know, bringing them here and they're getting this opportunity to have a child here. And so it's a great opportunity, but that's what I'm saying (laughs) is that it's vulnerable, right? And there are people who want to make money off of it. And there are legal ways to do it though, too. It's this, this whole conversation we always have is adoption is never black and white. You can't just say, oh, this is such a terrible thing because there are people who have had successful adoptions and have these children and have have brought these children to a place that is safer, that they have more opportunity, right? But there's also the fact that a lot of what they were doing was illegal. Mm -hmm. So, and we've had stories before Mm -hmm. in Africa, right? Mm -hmm. Similar types of things. So it's so hard to just be judgmental on these Mm -hmm. types of things. It's It's really easy to see the story and go, oh my 
goodness, that that guy from Arizona is a horrible crook. He might be, but at mm. the same time, I mean, that's the cool thing too, is God can use the least of these, right? Well, maybe he was thinking, I have really been thinking about him too. Like, is he a bad guy or was he thinking, I am just meeting the needs? Because I remember talking to a lawyer in Florida, not a great lawyer, but he justified his actions by exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I am providing a family for these children. And also I am giving the family who has gone through so much loss, the opportunity to become parents. So basically I'm like a hero, but he was selling babies and he was coercing these women in to giving them, you know, these families, their baby. And so all of it is like messy. It's so messy. And even with what we're going through right now, you guys are probably like, what in the world? <laughs> you have gone through so many situations. How did you say yes to this one? <laughs> I know we're saying that too, <laughs> but we were honestly, we were in the situation. We were like, there could be nothing wrong with this when somebody wants to help you. So they have no evil intent. And plus they're not selling babies, you know? So it wasn't in that realm that we were thinking. We, we put our guard down in that sense. And we just said, yes, we need help and we would love it. I mean, the reality is, listen, we could have done it ourselves. We could have, but we accepted help. And it's not bad to accept help. Don't, don't read into that. I'm just saying, make sure when somebody wants to help you that you're looking at everything. And I have said this before in adoption too, is look at the history. Look at what this person is promising you. Look at everything. And if you don't have complete peace about it, you have a check in your spirit, don't do it because you don't want to lose everything. And that's my advice for today. I will give you so much more advice when we go to court and everything is settled and everything is done. Then I'll come to you and I'll say, hey, this is what really happened. And I do believe that there are a lot of nonprofits out there that are probably making similar mistakes, just innocently saying, yeah, we love help. And and it just kind of blows up. So we'll leave that subject alone. For now, so that we don't get in uh, any really? more trouble. Well, really? you want to, you have one more thing you want to say? Go ahead. I don't know. All of that just brought up so many different things I want to talk about. First of all, I do want to say we are by in no means promoting or saying, yeah, when you game the system and cheat the system from hundreds of thousands of dollars, that's okay. What we're saying is, in, at least for me, I'm such a judgmental first person. So I see the outcome and I go, oh my gosh, that person's so horrible and bad. Get to know the whole story, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's still okay or not okay, but you don't know everything, right? And so as you learn the story, you learn maybe, like you said, that lawyer was trying to do something good and maybe it started good Mm. and then it turned bad Mm -hmm. and turned evil, which I do believe the naivety of thinking that adoption has no spiritual intent to it. Mm. I mean, it is such a strong spiritual battle and that is something that I feel like if I could give any advice, it's whatever you do, whether it's a nonprofit or whatever you're doing, that is going to go into ministry or go into a place that God is going to be present, there is an enemy, right? And it is going to be an attack and the enemy comes in sheep's clothing, right? He doesn't show up at this evil, nasty place and you go, oh my gosh, we could never partner with these people or never be there. He, he tricks us. Mm. And to not be aware of that, I think just make sure whatever you're doing, whether it's adoption or a nonprofit or anything, that you understand there is a deeper reality than what you see on the surface and to really dig into that before you make a decision. I also have some encouragement that when you're getting beaten down 
because I will say that so many of you have written in and said, you are the voice of adoption. You have taught me so many things and not just Noah and I, but the show, right? It's not us. It's the people coming on the show telling their stories. We just opened it up. So we have a place to listen, learning to listen, like you said, learning to listen to the whole story. And through that, we have learned, oh my goodness, we need to hear the adoptee. We need to hear the birth parent. We need to hear everything. And through that whole entire journey, we have become the voice of adoption. I didn't think about the backlash, like you're saying, the spiritual backlash. I didn't maybe set up enough prayer warriors or people standing with us when that happens. And I will say that in the midst of being beaten down, accused, and things get hard, there is treasure in the darkness. And I have said this before on the show, if you're going through an adoption, you're like, this is so dark. Maybe you've said yes to a child that is involved. The parents are involved in drugs. Maybe a parent is in jail. Maybe there's just some darkness that the family has chosen that now you're involved with, or maybe it's just darkness all around. You're in the foster care system and you just feel like you're not going to win everything you're trying to prove or everything you're trying to do to pull this child into a safe place is not working. I will tell you that if you open your eyes, I really believe this. There are treasures to be seen. And one of the things is that Noah and I, I don't know that we've ever been on quite the same page. I almost hesitate to say that, but really come together and said, we have, we have had moments where I think we're fighting together on the same page and Mm -hmm. where we were both like, wow, how did we miss that? And we're in that place right now in our marriage of we are a team, we are a team and we have to stick together and we have to rally our kids together and say, Hey, this is what happened because I don't want them to be naive to the situation, right? I don't want them to grow up and think everybody, everybody is so nice. Everybody in the church is nice and everybody, no, you have to, you have to learn that, like you said, Noah, that people dress up in a certain way and we can't trust everybody. And so we've had some really hard conversations with our kids, but we've ultimately said, everybody needs to get together. We're on the same team. And we are going to bring AJ on the show a little bit later because he has a voice and daily he's like, mom, mom, we can't give up on adoption now. Mom, this is what you started. And this is our family's business. This is what we are (laughs) going to grow up and have. And I'm like, I love him. He's like so inspiring. And I feel like, wow, we would not have known that or maybe rallied everybody together on the same page if this wasn't happening and weren't going through it. I agree. Okay. Can we leave the subject now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the second reason we're taking a little break after season five is And a lot of you have asked me about this, my mom. So a year and a half ago, my mom was diagnosed with cancer, esophageal cancer. And it seemed to be like early stages, no big deal. It was devastating to our family. I had never been through chemo or anything to do with cancer. So I didn't understand what we were about to go through. But I thought, you know what? This will be easy. We continue with the podcast. Everything will be fine. And so many of you have followed the story that she ended up going through all of her radiation and chemo and she threw a pulmonary embolism. She went downhill so fast. It was so scary. I remember flying into Michigan and seeing her on a ventilator and I mean, it looked so bad. And not only, not only had she struggled with this huge, massive clot in her lungs, she was so thin Mm -hmm. because esophageal cancer, throat cancer, anything to do with your eating 
you have to be in a feeding tube to get the treatment. And so she was on this feeding tube that was not done correctly and it was leaking. And so she wasn't getting any nutrition. I thought this woman is not going to die from cancer. She's going to die from starvation. starvation. And this can't be. And so I took a little bit of time and we prayed and we were with her and it was very difficult traveling back and forth. In fact, we did an episode about what it's like to have your children, your adopted children all attached to you. And then mom has to leave and how it kind of reoccurs. If there's any trauma, trauma, it can reoccur loss, pain. They could be overly afraid that you're not going to come back. I had many people write in and say, April, thank you for saying that because I'm struggling right now traveling to take care of my ill parents. And I see this with my kids and I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted because I come back and I want to make them feel safe. And then I've got to take care of my, you know, sick parents. And, and I'm in that place. And, you know, I don't always have the answers for that, but what I can say is that you're not alone. If you're there, you're not alone. And your kids, everything does settle down at some point and they'll be okay. I mean, kids are incredibly resilient, but I do know what it's like to leave them and see them in trauma. And you're like, I'll be back. I have to fly to Michigan. So I'm back home and we walk her through it and she ends up coming out and this amazing nurse, I convinced this nurse, like, just make her eat. She has to eat. And so because of this nurse, she started forcing my mom to have soft food. And anyways, she ended up gaining weight and she moved in with us which has been really fun and really interesting. And Noah's been amazing. I mean, my mom's there. So it's like my mom and I like hanging out every day and he's like, Hey guys, can I <laughs> it's watch been that great show? Though. I mean, I don't know what we would have done in this season either without her. Mm-hmm. And the kids love it. Oh yeah. So another person to love your kids is always amazing. And she's been awesome. She, you know, we're in charge of cooking, but she does all the cleanup and just making sure that we're giving her healthy food because she has to get surgery. And surgery has been, you know, pushed back because she was too ill and it's a massive surgery. She has to get her esophagus completely removed and they're going to realign her stomach and all that. So she goes in for that in the season two. So we are in the next couple of weeks getting ready for my mom to go through massive surgery and what that looks like. And she'll be in the hospital for three weeks and it's like four month recovery and So if you can be thinking about her too, but she's really healthy now. So I'm confident that at least her body, you know, has gained the weight back and she looks great and there's no other option. She has to get this done. So, so we're believing for the best. Okay. So the third thing I want to talk about is, I know, can you believe it? I have actually four things that are going on right now and you're going to be like, April. (sighs) Okay. So the third thing is Lily's eyes. And I really want to talk to you about this and maybe this doesn't apply to you, but listen, I was in the dark, completely yes. in the dark and maybe a little bit in denial. Mm, I would say you were not in the dark, maybe a little bit in denial. You've been calling this for two years now. It's true. But when people tell you, no, 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 you're like, okay, well, maybe I'm just crazy mom. Right. So if you have followed Lily's story, we adopted her. There was some drug exposure. She, how can I explain Lily? Because she's, not on the spectrum for anything, but she has definitely some special needs. Yes. Yeah. There, there are things that you could say from a developmental, she's slow in development, mm-hmm. right? She's a little behind. Slow to walk. Yep, slow to walk. She hasn't lost any teeth yet. Oh yeah. She's six. <laughs> she's six and she's a genius. I, I adore this child. Although if you have a special needs child that's aggravated by some sort of ailment, you know how hard it is. You're trying to figure out what it is. I've had people say that, you know, their kids had a secret allergy that they didn't know. And so 
the kid would just melt down and freak out. And they're like, what is going on? Until you figure that out, it can be so, so hard. But she is very, very smart. She's a genius when it comes to memorization. She has fooled a lot of people about any weakness that she has. Although we know that she can't ride a bike. She struggles when we travel. I thought maybe she had anxiety. And we did find out last year, okay, she does finally, after we went to three different doctors, finally the fourth doctor said she does need glasses. Yep. We do think she needs glasses. So she got glasses and she was doing great. What we thought she was doing great. Although still had all these issues, still had major meltdowns, still exhausted in the day. We put her back in kindergarten for a second year so that she could, you know, get one more year under her belt because she wasn't writing Mm-hmm. all these things. So this year we go into it. We're really hopeful. And she's still doing the same exact things. So I take her to, I go to the pediatrician. He sends me to a psychologist because at six, they can diagnose ADHD. We didn't know what we were dealing with. And you know what? When you adopt a child that isn't perfect, or none of us are perfect, but you get into kind of a messy situation. You know, the child maybe has some drug exposure. You don't know what the outcome is going to be, but you see the child is pretty healthy there's a tendency to go, everything's fine. It was a miracle. Right. Or to blame it on like behavioral issues or something like. Yeah. ADHD or we can deal with this. We don't want anybody to think like anything's wrong with our daughter. Right. I have gotten way past that because there comes a place where you go, I don't really care what people think. I don't really care about what I even think I need to help this little person. She's struggling. And, you know, extra help doesn't mean that your child is forever going to think that they're dumb or they don't have confidence. It's the way that we approach it. I believe because mm-hmm. I've seen a huge difference in her because yeah. she really believed that she was doing a second year in kindergarten because she was dumb. You got to tell a story. I'm like anticipating. Oh. I'm so excited. Oh, what? <laughs> About mean... like what we've discovered. Oh, sorry. I'm letting people hang. Okay. So, so we, she's got the glasses and she's still struggling. And so finally I take her to this psychologist who was wonderful so loving. She knew Lily's history. She knew our history. She knew that we were like, what do we do? And she's testing her for ADHD. And she said, you know, I, I'm not going to necessarily rule that out, but I think something's not okay with her eyes. And we're like, well, yeah, she has glasses and we know that she has this wandering eye. She's like, no, I think you need to take her to a different doctor. So I call up, I have a few friends who have had children who have had drug exposure as babies mm-hmm. and they have walked through this as well. I also got involved in eye therapy group on Facebook and kind of reading what people go through. And so we found this doctor, we go to him and he diagnoses Lily with five eye issues. And one of them being zero depth perception. None, which I was crying. I know. Yeah, I have okay. to tell this story because for a long time, you know, we go to sporting events. I take AJ to basketball and Lily would always be right next to my side. And then during the games, she would literally sit so close to me and just grab onto me that I'd get irritated and be like, Lily, leave me alone. I just want to watch your brother play basketball and, you know, go, go do your thing. Go sit a little further away. And so we meet this doctor. He tells us this thing about depth perception. And so sure enough, the next day I go to AJ's basketball practice and Lily's there with me and she's kind of a little unsettled. We sit down. I say, hey, let's go walk over across the court to go see AJ. And she's like, no, dad, no, 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 no. I said, come on, you'll be fine. And so she agrees, but she immediately like grabs onto my leg for dear life and starts clinging to me. And it clicks in my head. I'm like, oh my goodness, this poor girl has never been able to tell whether that ball is coming at her face, if it's 10 feet away. Plus you got all the noise on top of it. 
And I just felt, I felt sad, but also relieved. Like we can finally help her. Mm -hmm. I actually understand. I'm not going to, I don't need to be irritated when she's grabbing onto me or right up in my face. She doesn't have the ability to perceive depth. That's insane. Mm -hmm. But it's such a a freeing thing to know we can help her. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Everything has changed. If we see her panic, we're like, okay, we're here. Okay. We're going to help you. We're going to help you get out of the car. You know, that was a big thing too. She would freak out about getting out of the car. She would spill over her, you know, water at dinner. She, why? And we realized she doesn't, she can't really line up where things are. And as the day goes on, she gets more and more tired. Yes. And so we see this reaction to it is fits, crying, anxiety, mad, anxiety, you know, lashing out. And all it was, was this eye situation. And, you know, being diagnosed with that is not great because it's very expensive. Eye therapy is usually not covered under your insurance. The program we're about to do is like $5,800. They help you make payments. But I asked the doctor after I was done crying and he gave me everything and he was telling me like, she's struggling and she needs help. I asked the doctor, is this common with drug exposed children? And he said, absolutely. He said, what happens is the eye might wander. And so people might, you know, your doctor might say you should get surgery to fix the eye wandering, right? That only aligns the eyes. The brain has to agree to use the eye. Mm -hmm. And many times surgery doesn't get the brain to trigger to use that eye. And so they're not working together, not tracking together. And in Lily's case, she's super smart. So she was memorizing everything. She, you know, can figure out like how to at least somewhat write her name. She was, she is getting along pretty well to fool a lot of people. She has photographic memory because of it. Yeah. Which is amazing. But also we couldn't tell exactly, but now everything is making sense. So so I just want to tell you that maybe if you are going into that situation or you have a child that is reacting like this, maybe this is the answer. Maybe just getting their eyes checked out. And from an optometrist that does this, he believes in eye therapy. They're doing comprehension exams. It's more brain. It's it's more brain brain issue issue than it is an an eye eye issue. issue. I also want to say that the brain is so amazing. Mm -hmm. He said after, so this isn't going to be a nine month journey for us. I think the first couple times are going to be really hard, but he said eventually she won't even need glasses. Yep, Because her vision, and that's why it was so tricky. Her vision was like 20, 20, 20, 30. And so all these other optometrists were like, oh, she's fine. You don't need anything. And the, the, for the fourth optometrist was the one who actually said there's more than just an eye issue. It's a disassociation, right? Mm-hmm. And so then to really understand what that is with this new doctor has been, it's been life-changing for us and for Lily. It really has. It really has. Okay. Number four, this is the last one that we're, we're, we're doing right now. It's a lot though. It is a lot. I decided that if I feel something in my gut, when it comes to doctors, I'm going to push harder so that we're not going to, you know, four or five doctors before we get a diagnosis. Vivi is our four-year-old, does not sleep through the night and doesn't, I slept with her one night. I was really close to her to see how she's sleeping and she's waking up constantly. She's breathing through her mouth. She's got, you know, challenges as far as allergies. And so here's the great thing about open adoption. I talked to her birth mother and I'm like, is there a history in your family of allergies, adenoids, sleep apnea, whatever. 
And she's like, absolutely. She's like, all my kids. I'm like, well, what did you do? She's like, you have to get the adenoids out. I'm like, oh, okay. Again, because she's not sleeping at night and she wakes up in the morning, she's a crank and that can look like other things. And they say with sleep apnea or any sort of issue with this, that you have to go to your ENT. The child can even look like, again, ADHD. Mm-hmm. It can look like they're Low frustrated iron. and they're tired all the time and they're cranky and we were there. And so I go to the doctor and she's like, oh, I don't, I don't think so. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> I don't want to go to any more doctors but you. So I need you to listen to what I'm saying. This is what we're struggling with. This is her family history when it comes to all of her siblings. And I need you to hear me out. Quick tip, husbands. If your wife has a gut instinct, trust it. Wives, trust it. And husbands, support it. Because I feel like that's been something I've had to learn the hard way. This is another one of those things where you weren't in the dark. You've had this feeling for like two years. And I've been like, yeah, okay, go ahead and test it. But I've never really been behind you in it. And I think make sure women, if you have that instinct in your gut that's telling you something is wrong, don't give up on it. And husbands, support it. So we take her and guess what? We do the x-ray and she needs to get that surgery to get those removed. Annoyed. So we're hoping for sleep for her. I mean, she ta- you can tell because she's talking up her nose. Her nose. So hopefully those things will change. They say that it's not going to take away like all allergies, but maybe help with sleeping and, and all the other things we've been struggling with. So those four things are going on, right? <laughs> no big deal. So we're going to take a break from the podcast. We are still involved in the adoption community. You can still reach out to us. You can ask us questions. We can tell you things that are not, that we can't say publicly. We're here for you. We want you to know we still support you. We want you to still write in your stories. Just know that we're lining up for season six, possibly. And, you know, we're not sure where that uh, could look very different. Could look different. I want to say that the number one thing that I've learned in these five seasons, and thank you for trusting us, is just know the whole story. Adopt the whole story and be ready for that when it comes to adoption and be ready to be broken. Be ready to, to have challenging times. Be ready for people to not understand you. Be ready to parent a little bit differently. This is a calling. It really is. And some of us have joined this movement because we went into it and we had no education. Right. We had no idea what adoption was. We just knew we wanted to be parents. And here we are down the road, three and a half years later, with a wealth of knowledge because of you and because you have made yourself vulnerable to so many people. We're almost at 300,000 downloads. We're at 14, I think, thousand was our highest month. So we know that these stories are impacting the nation, but also the world. And we just appreciate you guys believing in us. And you, we'll see you. We'll see you on Instagram. This is not my social media director said, don't say goodbye to everybody. <laughs> I want you to say, see you soon. Yep. So we're going to say, see you soon. But really quick before we're done, we got a message from Mr. AJ. Come on in, AJ. Hey, AJ, welcome to the show. Hi, mom. How are you doing? Good. Hey, how old are you? Nine. What grade are you in? Third. And what do you love to do? I love to play basketball and sing and dance. Yeah? You're a lively one. You like people, huh? Yeah. And do you like this show? Yeah. Tell me why you like Adoption Now. Because, like, when kids get adopted, it makes my heart really happy. And it makes God happy, too. Uh Uh-huh. It does? Why does it make God happy? 
because he wants to see kids getting families. You're right. He does. Now that just made us so proud. So it's National Adoption Month. Woohoo! Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. What do you know about National Adoption Month? That it's how long that we, that you guys have adopted us. Well, that we celebrate your adoptions, but also so many families finalize this month. That means that they will get forever families. It does? Yeah. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. So we want to celebrate that. And AJ is always very excited about adoption. Do you know you're adopted? Yep. And how do you feel about that? I feel happy because I have the best family in the world. <laughs> That's a great answer. We did not tell him to say that. <laughs> no, we did not. We, we yeah, will. they did. <laughs> <laughs> we do have the best family because God brought us all together and we believe that we're a team, right? Yeah. And I thank you so much for all your prayers, AJ, for Thanks. adoption now, because you know that we've gone through a hard time, huh? Yeah. And you don't want me to give up on the show. No, I don't want you to give up. Because you had the idea of this. So I don't want you guys to give up. Uh, we love you so much. Is there anything you want to say to adoptive families out there? Yes. Work hard. Don't give up. And bless those kids that just got adopted. Amen. Love that so much. Do you want to say anything as we leave, Noah? Yeah. I'm just proud of you, of AJ, of our, of our girls, of your mom of all the support. And I'm so thankful to see how many people have come behind us and have prayed for us in this time. And I don't know what we'd do without all of it. And so thank you for committing to this for three and a half years and continuing to tell stories. I think that is something that has been so powerful and so eye-opening for me. And I hope for so many of you that listen to the show. And like you said, it may look different, but we're not going away. We love everybody out there. Thank you so much for listening. Noah, thank you for being on the show. AJ, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Don't forget to like Adoption Now on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And remember, all of our podcasts are available at adoptionnowpodcast.com. See you when we see you. <laughs>